0: necessarily reflect the official policy or position of my fabulous sponsors or advertisers. Any content provided by our bloggers or authors are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. This disclaimer was provided by DisclaimerTemplate.com Hello, everyone. It's July. Just this July, 2021. July the 6th. I'm back. Now, I'm still in the process of having this nightmare move. So, everything around me is in a disarray as well as my mind i have been banned from tiktok some trolls are after me and my friends on tiktok but that's a whole different conversation so what i want to try to do is i want to try to revamp this podcast i want it to be interesting yet informative and entertaining all at the same time what should i call it i'm an Ed, I'm an entertainer, uh, not an entertainer. Entertainer. It's an entertainer. Educate and entertain at the same time. Either way, we'll be right back with today's topic. I love you for listening. <laughs> All right, my lovely loyal listeners, we are back and this is Justice July. So I have decided that I am going to make the most out of my Washington Post subscription. And this is not a paid advertisement for them. They are not sponsoring me. But I do have the subscription. And they actually have a wonderful app, you guys. And they have a lot of Section, sections and subsections. And I'm going to focus for the month of Justice July, I'm going to read at least one article from the Race and Reckoning section of the Washington Post. And I'm also going to read one, one article from one of their other subsections because they have, listen to this guys, they have politics, opinions, Coronavirus, Race and Reckoning, Investigations, Tech, World, Lifestyle. Then they have D.C., M.D., and V.A., so which that means Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, which I would imagine that pertains to information local to that area, and then sports. So, what I'm going to be doing for Justice, this- What I'm going to be doing for Justice July is I'm going to be utilizing my subscription to the Washington Post. And since, you know, D.C. is the capital of our country, we're going to get some information from here. So, like I said, uh, for the first part of today's episode of As the Massage Table Turns, did I say thank you so much for joining me? We are going to be under the Race and Reckoning section. And they actually have some subsections under there too, you guys. They have uh, all different types of categories. Now, we're going to go to the Reader's Guide. And we're going to be going to Resources to Understand America's History of Injustice and and Inequality. Okay? Now, for my younger... Listeners, babies, y'all need to go get a get a notebook, get a pencil and paper, something to write with or type it in your phone. I don't know how you're gonna do it, but there's gonna be some keywords here that you're gonna he- hear and you're not gonna understand them, or you may or may not, but the two words I need you guys to look up before we get into our article is injustice and inequality. And that's going to be a slight prelude introduction to my new segment that I'm putting in both of my podcasts. Dictionary definition of the day. I can't find my sound machine, but when I do, I will put some sounds in here. Anyway, we are going to be looking up the words. Up, Yes, you people, I have paper and pencil in my hand. Yeah, I said you people because you people are listening. You guys are people, right? I don't know because we can have aliens and everything floating around now. It's just this July. But what we're going to be looking up today, you guys, where's my pen? We are going to be looking up inequality. Yes, yes, that's an actual word. Oh, you want me to spell it for you? Sound it out. Now, this used used to be a a time you couldn't look things up. You had to sound it out. So let's let's spell it together. N, like I-N, okay? And then equality, E-Q-U-A-L-I-T-Y. Inequality is going to be one word, and then the other word we're going to look up is injustice. I-N, and then justice, because it's Justice July, right? J-U-S-T-I-C-E. Okay? So, those are the two words, and those are, we're going to have two words today, the dictionary uh, definition of the day. is going to be inequality and injustice. Yes, didn't I tell you guys? I'm trying to expand my brand and make this both interesting and entertaining and educational. Okay, now let's go. Let's go and find these words, you guys. Yeah, I'm gonna use the you know phone for that because this is the audio. If we were on television, we would do. Uh, if we were on video, we would be doing it a different way. Okay, I'm going to do this. Um, inequality. Here's the definition of inequality. Difference in size, degree, circumstances, etc. Lack of equality. Okay. Now, you might say, well, what is lack of equality? Well, what is equality? Equality. The state of being equal, especially in status, Rights and opportunities. Okay, so if everything is equal, everybody gets, should be able to get everything the same, right? Everybody should have equal access to everything. So if it's inequality, that means it's not equal. Now, the next word we're going to do is injustice. Here's the definition of injustice lack of fairness or justice. Lack of fairness or justice. Now, what does justice mean? My babies just said, well, what does justice mean? She's doing us backwards. Well, some of us learn backwards. (laughs) Okay. Now, justice. A just behavior or treatment. A concern for justice, peace, and genuine respect for people. And then it's also a judge or magistrate, in particular, a judge of the Supreme Court of a country or state. Okay, that's the legal justice that we want, you know. And just behavior or treatment is justice. So any justice would be the opposite of that. Lack of fairness or justice. The injustice of the death penalty is there uh, sample sentence. An an unjust, an unjust act or occurrence. Plural n- noun injustices. Brooding over life's injustices is this sample um, situation. And that, you guys, is our segment, our new segment that we're introducing. Dictionary definition of the day. I hope you enjoyed that. And we will be right back with our article. After this, brief pause for the cause. I love you for listening. You are so awesome. Hot fun in the summertime. Ooh, isn't it hot out here? We're so glad, though. We're glad to make it to the summertime. Mwah. Well, I'll be right back. Alright, my lovely, loyal listeners the weather has taken a turn. It's cooled down. This is Michigan, after all, the only state I know where you can have all four seasons in one day. Now, we're on the WashingtonPost.com, for you guys who don't have the app, and it's the Race and Reckoning section, and this is entitled, Resources to Understand America's long history of injustice and inequality illustration by the Washington Post photos by Library of Congress AP Washington Post and there's a picture here of Harriet Tubman there's a picture here of Martin Luther King Barack Obama and some protesters with the I can't breathe and George Floyd shirt and some police standing up here in a line and, uh, and one of the Olympians holding a black power sign. Now, this article was written by Washington Post staff, October 9th, 2020. The video of George Floyd's death at the hands of police in Minneapolis triggered protests around the world. It brought renewed attention to the high profile deaths of black Americans during the past decade and ongoing concerns about systemic racism in the criminal justice system. Floyd's killing in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic which has disproportionately infected and killed black people has exposed long standing racial inequities in every aspect of American life and forced a deep reckoning across society. Corporations are pledging to combat systemic racism in their companies. Some cities are considering proposals to reduce funds to police departments. And activists have renewed calls to remove Confederate monuments, with some even toppling the statues themselves. As former Vice President Joe Biden prepared to announce his running mate, black leaders pushed for him to select a black woman Biden named Senator Kamala D. Harris, Democrat California, on August 11th, making her the first woman of color on a major party presidential ticket. Harris has since been working to galvanize black communities and progressive voters. To help provide context to the issues driving the debate among people attending marches and rallies or those having more quiet conversations with their families and friends, we've compiled deeply reported stories, videos, photo essays, audio, and graphics on Black history, progress, inequality, and injustice. Sign up for the About Us newsletter for candid conversations about identity in 21st century America. Now, now this says, George Floyd's America, a series examining how systemic racism shaped Floyd's life. Then we have history. When did slavery begin in America? Then we have, University of Virginia confronts its Jeffersonian roots in a memorial to enslaved laborers. Then we have, what does it mean to Daniel Smith to be the living son of an enslaved person in the 21st century? Then we have, Jim Crow first appeared in the North An Early Civil Rights Struggle in Massachusetts, featuring a young Frederick Douglass, shows the forgotten northern origins of racial separation. Then we have, Historians believe that as many as 300 black people were killed, and 40 square blocks of what was known as Black Wall Street were destroyed by fire in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Then they have the four days in 1968 that reshaped D.C. Then they have a video, what Juneteenth can tell us about the value of black life in America. Juneteenth celebrates a moment of indescribable joy. Then we have why Americans don't learn about Tulsa or Juneteenth. And then we have a podcast hosted by Martine Powers, The Quest to Identify Black American's Roots. Oh, no, that was something else wrong. The Slave Ship That Wasn't Meant to be Found. Sorry about that. Okay. Then we have The Quest to Identify Black American's Roots. Then we have Historically Black, an eight-episode audio miniseries That brings black history to life through personal heirlooms and their stories. Then we have the textbooks were pretty whitewashed. We never talked about the conditions of slavery or why it persisted. Then we have 25 million students are in school districts that aren't integrated or are too homogeneous to integrate then we have coming of age in a city coming apart then we have protest and activism how the black lives matter movement went mainstream the moment I was first placed under arrest at a sit-in I felt free congressman John Lewis We have the responsibility to bring some level of concrete change to this moment. Al Sharpton and Martin Luther King III hope to recreate the power of the 1963 march. We have a perspective. 60 years ago, I participated in the civil rights movement to bring about the same kind of changes being sought by Black Lives Matter activists today. Joyce Ladner says racist violence in the South was the catalyst for her generation. And she's angry that 60 years later, black men and boys are still being killed by police and vigilantes. Then we have minorities make up nearly half of the under 30 population nationwide. Then we have opinions. Voices of the Movement. That's a podcast. Then we have Perspective. This is why Colin Kaepernick took a knee. Then we have Voices of Protest. Then we have Income Inequality. And for those of you who are just stepping into the room, I'm going over the topics in Race and Reckoning. Because I'm actually trying to decide which one I'm going to read, but this is just giving you a sample of what is going to be heard this month of Justice July. Because I will be reading at least one article from this section uh, on each of my podcasts, or maybe not each podcast. Maybe just on as the massage Tip turns. Okay, let's see. Uh, this is why Colin Kaepernick took knee. Voices of protest. Blah blah blah. Okay. Income inequality. The Chicago metropolitan area has remained one of the most segregated regions in the United States since 1990. The only way African American businesses are going to survive is we have to own our own stuff. And with that, you guys. We've got to take a break because we're getting close to the um, break time. But as you can see, we have a virtual cornucopia of race and reckoning articles. And we'll be right back with one of them. Alright, you guys, we are back on the Washington Post. Now, keep in mind, this is a subscription, and you can go on the WashingtonPost.com, and I think you get two or three, maybe four free articles that you can read on WashingtonPost.com. But, this is under the Race and Reckoning, and I figure, you know, it's July, just this July, but it's vacation time. Kids should be out of school. I think kids are out of school, except the ones that have to go to summer school, and then... um People are traveling, you know, and, you know, the COVID restrictions have um, been lifted somewhat. People are vaccinated. So people are starting to, you know, travel again. So I ran across this article from 2020 by Rhonda Colvin while I was going through that cornucopia. And it says, am I going to have the experience that I want, which is to be free of race and to enjoy this moment? Or will race tap me on the shoulder? Motorists still fear encountering racist police officers or wandering into towns where they're not welcome. Social media also gives a sense of what domestic travel looks like through the eyes of a person of color, chronicling stories of discriminatory encounters with such hashtags as Hashtag Airbnb while black and hashtag traveling while black. So that is a hyperlink. I'm going to click it and traveling while black. Some Americans are afraid to explore their own country. Concerns that evoke the Jim Crow era green book. Story by Rhonda Colvin, January 26, 2018. Her mom always smiled, except when the family made its annual summer drive to visit the grandparents in Magnolia, Arkansas. The smiles were gone while we were traveling, said Gloria Gardner, 77. It was the 1940s, and traveling to her parents' hometown was not approached lightly after the family moved to Muskegon, Michigan during the Great Migration. Stopping for food or bathroom breaks was mostly out of the question. For black families, preparing for a road trip required a well-tested battle plan in which nothing could be left to chance. There were meals to cook and pack in ice Sheets were folded and stacked in the car to use as partitions if they were left with no choice but to take bathroom breaks roadside. And there was another item that Garner recalls her parents never forgot to pack. The Negro Motorist Green Book. While her dad drove, her mother leafed through the pages to see whether there were any restaurants, gas stations, or restrooms on their route where they wouldn't be hassled or in danger. When it was time to stop, you had to know where to stop, said Gardner, who now lives in Rockville, Maryland. If you stopped at the wrong place, you might not leave. As she looked through her As she looked through a copy of her father's 1940 edition of the guide, she recalled its importance. Our Green Book was our survival tool. The Negro Motorist Green Book was created in 1936 by Victor Hugo Green, a postal worker in the Harlem neighborhood in New York, to direct black travelers to restaurants, gas stations, hotels, pharmacies, and other establishments that were well-known havens. It was updated and republished annually for more than 30 years, with the last edition printed in 1967. Candacy Candacy Taylor, a writer who has cataloged sites in the Green Book that still exist, said Green distributed the guide through postal workers and traveling salesmen. Copies were also sold at Esso gas stations and starting in the 1940s through subscriptions. Jim Crow segregation laws varied by county and state, so black motorists didn't have the freedom to play anything by ear, food, gas and lodging would probably be off limits during stretches of their journeys. Black travelers risked more than the humiliation of being turned away at restaurants or service stations. They often encountered harassment or physical danger if they inadvertently stopped in the wrong town. James Lowen, author of Sundown Towns, A Hidden Dimension of American Racism, said he has been astounded by his research on the prevalence of sundown towns. All white communities where unofficial rules forbade black Americans after dark. In some cases, signs posted at the city's entrances warned black out-of-towners. N-words. Don't let the sun go down on you. I don't think this is a case of black paranoia for a minute, he said. Lowen estimates that the nation had no fewer than 10,000 locales with these rules. In particular, black drivers in the north had to be on high alert. Sundown towns were a northern phenomenon, said Lowen, who continues to locate muni- 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 <laughs> municipalities <laughs> with such histories. Y'all know I'm in shock to read this now. In Illinois, I'm up to 507. In Mississippi, I'm at three, he said. Now there's a f- photograph here of Miss Gardner. It says Gloria Gardner, 77 She looks like she's 57 remembers driving with her family from Muskegon, Michigan to Magnolia, Arkansas in the 1940s to visit her grandparents. One item her parents never forgot to pack the Negro Motorist Green Book. She's absolutely Miss Gardner, you look fabulous for 77 child. Oh, wait. Anyway, The New Green Book, Hashtags, and Travel Warnings. Although the Civil Rights Act of 1964 ended many discriminatory practices allowed under Jim Crow laws, similar risks and concerns have lingered. Motorists still fear encountering racist police officers or wandering into towns where they're not welcome. In recent years, travelers of color have been rejected by Airbnb hosts and booted from a Napa Valley wine tour in a case that led to a racial discrimination lawsuit that was settled. In response to the Washington Post's call in November for stories about racial discrimination while traveling, readers recounted experiences across the country from New York to East Texas. Tell us, have you had negative experiences traveling in the U.S. because of your race? And that's a hyperlink that you can click on. And after I finish recording, I have had a, an experience that I'm going to tell them on this story. Ha ha, but not on this. One. Okay, now. Roy, i so proud. Wait, Ray Jones of Aurora, Colorado who identifies as African-American, said he exercises caution whenever he rides his motorcycle outside of the metropolitan Denver area. He said, White Lives Matter billboards and bumper stickers send a message that he's not totally welcome. He's even stopped traveling to North Carolina to visit relatives with his wife, who is white. Based on recent events in Charlottesville and the climate in America, I will not feel comfortable traveling south of D.C. for a few years when we visit the East Coast annually together, he said. We'll be right back after this brief pause. Evita Robinson founder of an online community for travelers called nomadnesstv.com, points to the political climate and a resurfacing of outspoken racism as causes for concern. She said some of her 17,000 members, most of whom are people of color, say they sometimes feel more comfortable traveling abroad than within their own country. Now, more than ever, we need each other, said Robinson, who is black. We need each other for insights. We need each other for advice on the ground and in a community like mine. Social media also gives a sense of what domestic travel looks like through the eyes of a person of color, chronicling stories of discriminatory encounters with such hashtags as Airbnb while black and traveling while black. These concerns are not exclusive to black people. Last April, a Korean woman, a Korean American woman's tearful account of being rejected by an Airbnb host because of her race went viral. In a message explaining her decision, the Airbnb host cited the president. It's why we have Trump, her message read, and I will not allow this country to be told what to do by foreigners. President Trump's election in November 2016 coincided with a surge in reported hate crimes that month, according to federal data. Though, report, though reported hate crimes have steadily declined since at least the 1990s, with 2015 having the fewest on record, reports of vocal white supremacists high-profile fatal police encounters and caught-on-camera police racism are influencing where motorists of color are willing to drive. Okay, then they have a chart here, a history of race and ethnicity-based hate crimes in the United States. Dallas resident Jeanette Abramson, who identifies as African-American, mentioned the case of a 28-year-old black woman who was found dead in a Texas jail cell three days after she was arrested during a traffic stop. What happened to Sandra Bland could have easily happened to me as I've made that drive to Houston several times and passed a lot of those small country towns, said Abraham, Abraham, Abrahamson, 48. Then they have a chart. Race bait hate crimes increased the day after the 2016 election. Will race tap me on the shoulder? During the Green Book era, black drivers were actually... During the Green Book era, black drivers were acutely aware that they could be targets of unwarranted traffic stops that could go wrong many black men would keep a chauffeur's hat in the car and tell officers that the vehicle belonged to their white employer which would defuse a bad situation the chauffeur hat strategy carries hints of the slave pass a note of permission that enslaved people had to carry anytime they were traveling alone evidence that journeys have been long perilous for black americans traffic stops remain an issue. In a multi-year study of more than 60 million traffic stops across 20 states, Stanford University's Open Policing Project found that black drivers are not only more likely to be stopped than white drivers, but that black and Hispanic motorists are also more likely to be ticketed and have their cars searched for less cause than whites. There's a quote here. There will be a day sometime in the near future when this guide will not have to be published. That is when we as a race will have equal opportunities and privileges in the United States. It will be a great day for us to suspend this publication for then we can go wherever we please. Victor Hugo Green founder of the Negro Motorist Green Book. There have been reports of local authorities freely discussing and making light of violence against black people, even even advising recruits to shoot young marijuana users if they're black. In August, Trump pardoned and offered vigorous support to a former Arizona sheriff who was convicted of criminal contempt related to his racial profiling tactics against Latinos. Although the NAACP has existed for more than a century, through segregation and the turbulence of the civil rights movement, The organization released its first travel advisories last year. In August, it issued an alert to people of color traveling in Missouri after a state law was passed making it harder for women and minorities to sue based on discrimination in the workplace. In October, when the organization advised caution when traveling on American airlines because of a pattern of disturbing incidents reported by African-American passengers, NAACP spokesman Malik Russell said there was an unexpected flood of calls and emails from people sharing stories of discrimination they faced as passengers. He wondered whether the organization struck a nerve, revealing how much discrimination while traveling remains an under-discussed topic. It was a moment where we saw the need for these types of actions, where it seemed people were waiting for an opportunity to tell their story, Russell said. When Taylor speaks about her Green Book research, People often tell her they are relieved that the need for such a guide is over, but she is quick to caution. It's so important, I think, that we don't relegate that as just something that happened in the past, because there are variations of it that we're still living out in different ways, and it's just evolved. It's not gone in terms of being safe on the road. While recalling his own family stories of traveling during the Green Book era, Lonnie Bunch, director of the National Museum of African American History and Culture, said that for a person of color, there's always going to be an awareness that hangs overhead. While travel has gotten easier, he said, there's always that sense that, am I going to have the experience that I want? which is to be free of race and to enjoy this moment or will race tap me on the shoulder and it usually does Aaron Williams contributed to this report Credits Story by Rhonda Colvin Video by Osman Malik Ashley Joplin Jorge Ribas Malcolm Cook And Victoria M. Walker. Graphics by Aaron Williams. Designed by Eddie Alvarez. Illustrated by Sam Ward. And I'd like to thank each and every one of those individuals for their contributions and the Washington Post for their fabulous app and the wonderful information that they're going to be providing us. With this month, and on that note, you guys, I'm trying to make these podcasts an hour, but I might just have to stick to my half an hour format because these uh, some of these topics are emotionally draining for me. So, on that note, I'm going to close out this episode of As the Massage Table Turns, and we will talk to you later. Thank you so much for your time and your listening. And remember, don't let anybody take you off your square, because you're fabulous just the way you are. I love you for listening. Have a good one.